So friends, it might be a little obvious to you that I am not Mark Brewer. And uh, it was not obvious to me when he called at 6.30 this morning that that was his voice on the other end of the line. But for the first time in 30 years of ministry, Mark Brewer woke up unable to come and preach today. So bless him, pray for him. This is a busy week coming up, and we need him well. Mark, uh, for those of you who are um, ladies who come to the Christmas tea, Mark always comes and greets the women, and uh, he did something this year that he does not usually do. He snuck up in the balcony to hear the program. So he said, okay, it's the tea talk for women and men. So ladies, if you were here for the tea, apologies. I'll try to add a little at the end. Uh, and men, who knew that you were gonna get to hear the tea talk here with us today? But um, would you join me as we pray and uh, pray for me as I'm seeking to be faithful? And uh, as we do, we'll pray for Mark as well. Let's pray. Let the good news come, Lord Jesus, in faithfulness and truth by the power of your spirit. And we pray for our brother Mark, God, that your healing hand would be to him this day. And God, would you open our ears to hear your particular word. In Jesus' name, amen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness will be as light to you. This is a season of light and lights. The candlelight of the advent wreath, the twinkling lights on the Christmas trees, the light in the eye of a child who's filled with wonder and anticipation. Our theme this advent here at Bel Air is radiance. It speaks of brightness and light, of glowing and all that is luminous and revealing. It is warm and inviting. It lights the way. But I wonder, have you ever felt in the dark or gotten lost in the dark? I have. Maybe you were driving somewhere at night and can't see the street signs. Maybe you were working on something and you don't see any progress. Maybe you were financially crunched or wandered in life. In the dark, we feel lost. I hate it when I get lost, day or night. We are people who walk in darkness at times. We've known what it is to have wilderness moments, or maybe months or even years. Do you know what I mean? Times when you felt more in the dark, when you're dwelling in the land of deep darkness. Hopefully you're not currently in that dark place, but we've all had them. I've had some dark and desert-like days in this past year as my mom had cancer and a stroke. Maybe you've experienced a death or a loss, a diagnosis or a broken relationship. Dark places to walk, a wilderness where the road seems twisted or even turned, where you may not be able to see what will change or how it will end. The prophet speaks in these circumstances, in desert darkness, in our wanderings in the wilderness of our life, and tells us, 
We who walk in darkness, we who know discouragement or despair, are not in the dark alone. A light is coming. A light will be born. We're simply asked to prepare. This is what the season of Advent enables, four weeks to prepare. Prepare not just for the parties and the presents, not just for the trimming or the baking, but prepare our hearts to find Jesus anew in the manger, the one who is Emmanuel, the name that means God with us. Later in the book of Isaiah from the scripture we read, the prophet writes about treasures that come in the darkness. Isaiah 45, 31 says, I will give you treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. You may not see or recognize these treasures when you're in the dark, but we're told that they are there. In the midst of the darkness, the treasures are hard to imagine or find. But then when the light shines, you can see where you are and have been in the dark. And that light has a name. In this season of radiance and light, we name that name which is above all names, Emmanuel, God with us, born in a manger stall. Now we might expect this God child, the Son of God, to be born with a lot of fanfare and light, a Disney light show, a wonderful world of color fit for a king. But the Gospels tell us that an angel told a humble man named Joseph and a young virgin named Mary not to fear. Mary gave birth to a treasure in the darkness which changed the world. So when the path is not straight, when you're lost in the dark, what do you do? The scriptures invite us to prepare and to look for Jesus. Yet sometimes in the midst of our darkness, it seems God has lost us or we may have lost him. I told the women of the tea about a nativity collection that Steve and I have. We have a lot of manger scenes, over a hundred. We have to clear every shelf and every place imaginable in our home, including the medicine cabinet in our bathroom, <laughs> to put them out each year. And last year, we added to our collection. We shouldn't have, we didn't need it, but we were at a silent auction, and it was for charity, after all. There was a unique and special nativity made by an artist in Africa out of this special clay from the region in Africa where he was born. And I was planning to be in Africa that year, and we thought it would be a great nativity for that year. We were in a hurry the day of that silent auction, and we quickly placed our bid on the nativity, the pieces were large, terracotta-looking, distinct and different. We wrote our bid, a kind of high bid, and left. We were too busy to stay around until the silent auction was over, and we left our phone number next to our name. We received a call the next day. Congratulations, you were the highest and only bidder. <laughs> what a surprise. People must have seen our high bid and decided they could go no further, we assumed. We had won. 
We drove a distance all the way to Ventura County to pick up our new and somewhat expensive nativity, wrote a check, and the woman who ran the auction said to us as we were putting the box, fairly large box, into our car, you do know that Jesus is missing, don't you? <laughs> what? I said. <laughs> and then I laughed. What a great joke. <laughs> Yes, she said, we thought you had seen the notice on the table at the silent auction. We can't find Jesus anywhere. <laughs> and we did give full disclosure, and you did bid the highest bid. Apparently, everyone else but us noticed the set was incomplete. In our busyness to get the item we wanted and to get out of there, we failed to look at the small print happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? Her words haunted me. You do know Jesus is missing, don't you? We were so consumed looking at the things around the manger that I missed the one in it. My preoccupation created blinders. I was in the dark about that nativity set. The lady explained that they had seen the baby Jesus when they were setting up the auction, when the nativity was donated, but somewhere along the way and the setup, it got lost. And they looked everywhere, she explained apologetically, but the baby Jesus was not to be found. My face must have looked disappointed. <laughs> A manger scene without Jesus. <laughs> now, what is the point? And she sensed my dismay and said, well, you don't have to take it if you don't want, since you didn't know about the missing Jesus, but I do promise you, he was there. <laughs> he just got lost, and I'm so sorry, and I still think we might find him maybe next year when we unpack the materials for the next auction, and if I do, I'll call you, I promise. She added again, apologetically. Well, I figured it was for charity, and there was a good sermon illustration in it, even if it was expensive. <laughs> and of course, the obvious thing is that in our busyness, in our flurry, we never noticed Jesus was missing. In the darkness of whatever the days may hold, in the wilderness moments when the way may not be straight, how do we make a way for the Lord after all? In all that presses in around us, and all the chaos and busyness of our lives, we sometimes don't notice Jesus is missing. Do you lose Jesus on the way to celebrate his birth? Do you focus on all the stuff around the manger and not on the Christ born in the manger for you? I know I sometimes do. In this season of parties and Christmas teas, we could easily get so consumed, so preoccupied with the good things and miss the great one. And yet, in the midst of it, hopefully, you hear a small voice crying in your particular wilderness, prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. If you know this Jesus who brings light to darkness and who is the light of the world, I simply remind you, don't lose him this Advent season in all the good things you do. Look for Jesus. He's here. 
And if you don't know the one who promises to bring treasures in the darkness and never to leave us or forsake us, the one who is born in a manger and without whom all Christmas scenes are incomplete, I assure you, he is here and he knows your darkness and wants to give you his light. You need only call upon him and ask for him and you'll find him and he'll find you. And when he does, everything changes. So here's the postscript to my expensive nativity purchase. The box was packed and in the car, we never looked at the pieces in the set. We got home and I asked Steve if we should just put it in the closet. <laughs> What's the point of a nativity scene without Jesus? Steve said, no, put it out. Maybe you could make a little baby Jesus out of clay for the set. I appreciate my husband's feeling that I have some artistic abilities in all my spare time. Well, I wasn't going to put it in the house, so I unpacked the box and the individual pieces and I placed them outside on the front porch. I could say to someone, someone stole the baby Jesus. It felt such a shame that it was missing its starring role, the main character. But then there you have it. I went to throw the empty box into the garage, paper wrappings stored inside for when I put it all away. And as I tossed the box, I heard a clunk. Something was underneath all the wrapping. You guessed it. When I opened the box and looked underneath all the tissue and newsprint, there was a little wad wrapped tightly in paper. And I have to tell you, I didn't think it about it being Jesus. He was missing, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Maybe a little lamb, I didn't know. But when I unwrapped it, there was beautiful baby Jesus, safe and sound in his manger, waiting for me. We thought he was lost, but he had been there the entire time, just waiting to be unwrapped, waiting to be discovered, waiting to be found, waiting to be seen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for your God. The prophet Isaiah also says, look, the young woman is with child and she will bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, God with us. Friends, in the darkness or light, Jesus is never missing, never lost. He is our never lost system to find our way through the windings and wildernesses of our life. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he invites us to find him and walk with him in the light. This light giving light, the old story, it comes to us with new invitations each time we hear it. Maybe today as you think of the nativity story, you relate to the shepherds out in the fields doing their shepherding thing, minding their own business, and you recognize in your own life the invasion of something different 
and listen with new expectation to the angel's voice and the Lord's nudges of you. Maybe you feel an invitation in identifying with Elizabeth and Zachariah. God's extraordinary word to you is out of this world and not to be believed. So at an old age or whatever your age, you have lived speechless or encumbered in some way in your life until the birth of the child or something new within you. Or perhaps you hear the invitation to the story through the angels who bring glad tidings and your soul and spirit rejoices. You share the good news with others in how you live, in how you speak, in how you spend your money, in how you invest your time, in how you love and risk. You live out a fear-not lifestyle and stand on the hope and promises of the one who is born for us. Or maybe the invitation of the sacred story for you is identified through the quiet witness of Joseph, who stands by in support of Mary's news without judgment and welcomes a new role and a new challenge in his own life. Maybe God's invitation for you is in a supporting role, supporting someone else or caring for someone else as you stand by and have a presence with another you help them to know they are not alone. Or maybe this day you hear the invitation of the story coming through young Mary who was given incredible, impossible news that she, a virgin, would conceive by the Holy Spirit and in that birth she would hold and kiss the face of God. Do you hear the invitation to yield, to submit, to surrender to something new God may be birthing in you? Do you know the invitation of impossibilities in your life? Not always or necessarily a welcomed invitation, but God's presence is there and you wonder, how can this be? Or perhaps the invitation of this story is known only through your own darkness or fire. We don't have to go through literal fires to know the flame and heat of life's pains and struggles. The fire of financial difficulties, of broken promises can leave a heart simply in ashes. The fire of challenge that refines and stretches us in an invitation as we look to the manger and a little baby whose very life invites us to something new and radical. For some of us, we hear the invitation of the angel not to be afraid, and yet we are consumed with a fire of fears about the future or our families, about our jobs, about who we date or marry, or the longing to be married and remaining single, the fear of not being able to have a child because of infertility. In all of our fears and disappointments, the words with God, nothing is impossible, sound too good to be true. I stand here today to proclaim to you again God's word and God's promise. It came to Zechariah with the voice of Gabriel and then again to Mary and even to us today. The angel Gabriel said, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent 
to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Friends, God is not lost. He draws near and he is here. He is the one who shines light into dark places and helps us to do the seemingly impossible. Like the prophet Elijah who was directed to go out and stand on a mountain before the Lord, God came, but not as Elijah expected. Do you know the Christmas carol, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus? You might be surprised as he invites you, as you see him in unexpected ways this season. The scriptures say God spoke to the prophet Elijah, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks into pieces before him, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but God was not in the fire. And then, after the fire, came a still, small voice. Psychologists have said that we all have a third ear that receives strong and quiet messages. And the scriptures tell us, in the fire, or the earthquake, or any other circumstance of your life, God is that still, small voice, and he will speak to you. Today, there's an invitation to the manger for you. And no matter what your circumstance, or with whom you might identify in the story of Jesus' birth, God speaks through angels and shepherds and a bewildered young woman named Mary and in a small little baby with a quiet and gentle voice who is not missing. There is God who came and who comes. More often than not, it's not in the big things, but often in the quiet and out-of-way places that God comes. In a manger, in a still small voice, who invites you? He wants to know you. He wants you to come to him, weary, heavy laden, and he promises to give you rest and joy and even eternity. If you don't know the baby born in a manger and his name, Emmanuel, then you may not know the truth that you need not fear or worry. He knows your name. He loves you. He's born for you. And if you do know the Christ of the crush, then you know his promises are true. He will never leave you or forsake you. When you walk through the fire, he is there. There are so many invitations in our lives that pull at us in many directions, sometimes toward God and sometimes away from him. Today, one of those invitations that is offered to you is an invitation to come forward and receive prayer for healing. Some of you who need physical healing or emotional healing or even spiritual healing, and in a few moments, our prayer team and elders and deacons will come and receive you to pray with you. It's God's work. It's God's healing. We're being faithful to pray together. My prayer for you this Advent season is that you will know 
the invitation of the Christmas story in new ways, and you will listen to the still small voice and his particular invitation to you, that your soul may triumph today and tomorrow and Christmas morn because you looked to the manger and you walked with the Christ child who is not lost and never, never loses sight of you. God bless you in your journey. Let's pray. Well, we thank God that you're never missing. And we thank you that you call us to come again, to kneel at a Bethlehem manger and to be caught by the wonder of all that is there for us. For those of us who hear the invitation for prayer, believing that you, God, who were born in a manger, grew up and did your healing work on this earth and promise as we pray in faith to do it again, we pray courage as they step forward. And for all of us who need to remember in this season of radiant light that you alone are the light of the world, we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.